0: Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. There's a lot of benefits of integrating healthcare in treating the whole person, not just physically, but psychologically as well, and that approach has become increasingly more important in addressing some of the issues that have occurred in COVID and our post COVID world and with all other current events. So today here to share more about how this approach really does benefit patients and how this can help people who definitely need some extra help in all different areas, I have Dr. Conrad Moreno. He is Waikiki Health's Director of Behavioral Health. And we're going to talk today about what are some of the challenges that he's seen in the people who have sought services and what are ways that we can all take a look at this comprehensive approach to people's physical and mental well being. So thank you for joining me today on the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me today.
0: Now, you know, the dream in my world would be to have someone come in for an appointment, for a medical appointment. And if they had other needs, whether they be mental health services, behavioral health services, social services, geriatric assistance, to have it all in one place and just to be able to come at one time and get all of their needs taken care of. Now, that would be my dream. That is not the reality that I live in. But I think it might be the reality that you live in. Tell me more.
1: Yes. So, you know, in each of our primary care clinics, we actually – do have, We have integrated uh, behavioral health as well as a bunch of other supportive services. And so what we found is that uh, people will often see their PCP first and will often share uh, what's happening in the home, what's going on, especially as you're talking about blood pressure or any other kind of, other kind of chronic condition that they're dealing with. Um, and so, you know, really it's tapping into the relationship they already have with their PCP, um, um, so where they can actually start that conversation and be able to have behavioral health come in and perhaps continue that.
0: So let's talk about a typical example. So Mm -hmm. part of what Waikiki Health tries to do is they have multiple sites for primary care, Mm -hmm. and then they also provide other wraparound services in addition to that. So let's say I'm a patient, and I'm coming in to have my diabetes, blood pressure, cholesterol checked, and these are some of the issues that I have on my medical chart. Mm-hmm. But I come to the provider and I start telling them about maybe some struggles I'm having with anxiety or depression and how that might be affecting my ability to take my medication regularly or even just to function, to exercise, to do other sorts of dietary changes. So when I describe having these problems, the the role of the primary care doctor may be to try and help to motivate, find out what's going on. But then there may be a handoff in a sense that maybe more support is needed than a traditional primary care doctor can do, given either their time constraints or the volume of patients or or their knowledge base on how to handle certain psychological conditions. Where would someone go after that in your model of care?
1: So, yes. So, in each of our primary care clinics, we do have a psychologist or an LCSW that's actually um, in the same vicinity, um, right next to the exam rooms. Um,
0: so, what's an LCSW?
1: A licensed clinical social worker.
0: And yes. so, they kind of act like a therapist?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Both the psychologists and LCSWs have the same role.
0: So, these are providers who don't necessarily... Prescribe medication, no. it would be someone who would have the ability to discuss with someone what some of the challenges are that they're facing mm-hmm. and maybe make some recommendations on how to address some of those challenges.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, you know, in the case where we may give, um, well, we each give a screener. Uh, we may get screened screen for depression and anxiety, and if a patient has positive for that, uh, we may, the medical assistant may come out to us and grab us, and we may go and talk to the physician about what, what they're seeing and what how the patient's presenting and some of the concerns it might have.
0: Um, and then you also talk to the patient.
1: Absolutely. So then we go into the patient and, um, you know it's kind of a meet and greet type of approach. Um, We're kind of bridging that gap between medical and behavioral health, in many ways reducing that stigma that oftentimes people associate behavioral health with. And so being able to have that um, kind of handoff in many ways um, really helps in the sense of connecting with the patient right away. Um, And it's, again, it could be a quick five to 15 minute quick intervention um, where, again, we're just tapping into or touching base on what's really going on. Um, It could be depression, it could be anxiety. Um, It could be adjustment related issues regarding work, Um, whatever it might be, or it could even be medication compliance that they're struggling with. and so that's something that we would, you know, um, provide some tips, um, perhaps depending on the level of need. We may actually set up a follow-up appointment for an initial evaluation and have to come back to the clinic.
0: Um. So they would go to the same location they're used to, mm-hmm. the place that they've identified as their primary uh, care hub, mm-hmm. and then they would schedule an appointment to see someone who's either the LCSW, licensed clinical social mm-hmm. worker, mm-hmm. or the psychologist, and kind of embark on that therapeutic relationship to address some of the concerns that might be barriers for their physical health, but also affecting them psychologically as well.
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. And so right now, especially with the shortage that we have in behavioral health providers, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, it's really an opportunity for us to at least, even if it's only five to 15 minutes, just to touch base, to kind of see what's really going on. Maybe we need to get them in sooner. Um, You know, squeeze them, you know, our schedules are full, but hey, if we need to see them sooner, we'll, we'll squeeze them in.
0: So do you think that we've seen a greater demand particularly around the time of the pandemic and some of the sequelae that have occurred after that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are, are still adjusting to coming back to work, uh, finding that new norm, um, as we want to call it. Um, and in many ways, they're, they're you know, kind of struggling with, you know, where, where do I want to be right now with my profession? Where do I want to be right now with home life? Um, you know, they're going from a place where it was safer to stay home for, of course, all of us experienced that anxiety um, to physically be safe. Um, And now it's kind of like, well, you know, what do I want for myself now? What do I want to do? And I think that's where a lot of times people are struggling and making that um, decision for themselves, for their families. Um, They're in many ways out of practice. I like kind of reframe it for them. Hey, you know, you're feeling anxiety right now because consider it just being out of practice. You know, it's been a while since you've been out there. Um, And so it's about helping people in many ways reconnect.
0: Now, you mentioned that some people are, you know, they were working from home. They might be called into the office. Mm -hmm. They might be doing a hybrid. There's you know, I I often think that the The pandemic, in some ways, was transformational, and it really allowed people to look at workplace location in a whole new light. Mm -hmm. And for some folks, they love working from home. This saves them a commute. This helps them to stay on time. This allows them to do things in their environment and create it in such a way that they can focus and concentrate. They're not interrupted. Variety of different things. But for those people who need that social engagement and social Mm -hmm. interaction, I think they may prefer or do better in an office based environment the pandemic kind of told everybody okay you're all staying home (laughs) like it or lump it and now as people are coming back i'm definitely seeing that there's some changes in their comfort level i find one of the curious things is whereas a lot of employers felt that people weren't working when they're home we're starting to hear that their productivity in a lot of cases goes up dramatically because they're not interrupted and they, they sometimes have a hard time creating that balance between work is over and now this is home life, particularly when the location is the same.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and not having that structure set up in many ways can, as you're saying, um, not create that professional or that healthier boundary for themselves.
0: All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show, and we're talking with Dr. Conrad Moreno. He is Waikiki Health's Director of Behavioral Health. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some of the ways that these quick interventions can really make a difference in helping people stay mentally and physically well. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Conrad Moreno. He is Waikiki Health's Director of Behavioral Health and a clinical psychologist, and we're talking about ways in which an integrative approach to healthcare that incorporates a behaviorist, someone who has the ability to be a therapist, psychologist, can really help people with health struggles if they identify that they have some needs that maybe they may not have thought to reach out to therapists before, or maybe don't feel comfortable doing so? What if it was right available where your primary care doctor is? And and could this actually help you with your health status? Well, so far we've talked a little bit about some of the changes with COVID and working at home and coming back to the office, feeling safe, trying to get used to this new dynamic that might be occurring in your life. What are some of the other reasons that someone might be referred to, to yourself or to your colleagues, when they're coming in to be seen just as a regular routine visit?
1: Um, Well, so another reason might be because they are dealing with houselessness. And that's something that uh, we we see a lot of with our patients. Um, And so, you know, their basic needs aren't being met that, whether it be um, they don't have um, they're currently employed. They're not connected with the resources that we have out in the community. Um, and so oftentimes we're addressing the basic needs. And so we might connect them with one of our uh, behavioral health care coordinators or one of our nurse care coordinators, depending on you know whether or not we want to help them with social services versus more medically related type of support services. Um, and so it's kind of where the integration piece really works in the sense of reconnecting people, not just necessarily behavioral health, but also as an avenue to connect them with many other support services that they may be needing um, to get through life. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's really hard out there to actually even go online and see, you know, who do I contact? Where do I go about um, getting housing? um, You know, and oftentimes as a community health center, we do get kind of bulletins or we get access to information sooner than everyone else so uh, we may learn that hey you know there's a bunch of vouchers that are actually becoming available on um, this particular date at this particular time um, and we may be able be able to connect patients with with those vouchers and get them um, off the street or we may even be able to connect them with one of our own shelters our caho shelter that we have um, that helps people um, get back on their feet
0: so this can be a stepping stone or even be a permanent solution for what's going on for them in the social context, which directly has impacts on physical and mental well-being. So it really sounds like it's addressing the problem where the individual is at.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Do you have any memorable stories of of people for whom you've heard have had such a, a great transformation once they've been able to avail themselves of some of these services?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, Without getting into great details for confidential reasons, um, of course, um, you know I've I have I've had patients before where they've come in. Again, they're you know they're struggling right now. They don't know when they're how they're going to be able to afford their um, their rent that's coming up. And so um, you know they're coming in with a lot of depression. They're coming with a lot of anxiety. um, And so again, getting them connected with a voucher that may actually give them that space they need that ability to pay rent for that month, uh, which then gives them that little bit more space to perhaps find the job that they're looking for um, and the support that they need um, in many ways. And so, so yeah, um, we have a wide range of different, op- different experiences with different patients. Um, yeah, I can't really necessarily think of one particular one. Um, there's such a varied range. Um, we've even had patients who are, You know, I grew up in Hawaii, let's put it this way, and I I think we've all seen um, a houseless population, and a lot of them are talking to themselves, and I've actually been blessed enough to be able to have some of them walk into my office. I grew up seeing them on the street, not knowing their story. I've been blessed to be able to actually hear their stories and kind of get an idea, you know, who this real person is, uh, who this person is, And, and, and being able to get them from where they're struggling and me having a memory of them as a child, even seeing them as a child on the street, and now being in a place to be able to connect them with, whether it be the medications they might need through our primary care providers, or, you know, whether it be getting them off the street with some housing services and such. And so I've had actual situations like that where I've been able to help some of these people that I never thought I would ever be able to um, all those years ago. Um looking so many years now into the future, I never thought that would even be possible. But yeah. Um, So yes, I've I've definitely been blessed in that way to be in that position to do that. Um,
0: It's an incredible joy when you see someone who you know is struggling and you get to be part of their journey Uh to have them do well. Right. And to know that, you know, you played a small part in that whole process and- that's the gratification that I think a lot of people go into yeah. the medical profession and the health professions to receive because they right. get it just from watching someone else do well. Yeah. It's an incredible joy that, that is what keeps a lot of us in the profession, even yeah. when it's hard and that people are busy. You mentioned there's a shortage mm-hmm. of behavioral health providers. Why do you think that is?
1: Um, because the need has gotten, gotten higher um, as across the nation, um, you know. I think we've done a good job in the sense of promoting behavioral health in many ways, and so people are seeking help. Um, and because of that, the, the demand's gotten greater. Um, there was a shortage to begin with, to be honest with you, even before COVID. Um, so there's that factor. The other part of it too is people are working from home, um, and so um, one of the things I tell people when they apply for a position for behavioral health because um, they're often asking, "Oh, you know." Can I work from home? And I said, well, this is a community house, so you kind of have to come into the community. <laughs> to- I mean, it's a good answer. You know, it's often yeah. difficult yeah. for
0: people if they have struggles yeah. with even with houselessness to have right. them even have the ability and the technology to do right. Right. any type of sustained virtual kind of visit would be right. technologically hard. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And that's the thing. Um, you know, even with COVID and times, um, we actually saw an increase in visits because of being able to telehealth, actually, where there's any, actually the no-show rate went down significantly. Uh, because even for the patients who were supposed to show up, we would just call them and say, hey, this is a Dr. Moreno. Do you remember we had an appointment today at this time? Are you available in your private space? And sure enough, they are. We can have that telehealth visit. Um, and so, again, meeting people where they're at, whether they're in the clinic or outside the clinic, um, again, um, I think that makes a huge difference as far as increasing access.
0: It's like the 21st century home visit. You know, right. when, when doctors used to go to the house, now we're seeing that the technology is allowing people to go to the house without right. having to leave their own facility. It's an interesting concept, and I certainly think there's a role for it mm-hmm. under under a lot of different circumstances.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, depending on, on the need, um, as far as... You know, As you're mentioning, there are some conditions where patients are not organized and are thinking enough to be able to work a device to where they could have a telehealth visit. So in that way, many ways, it's easier just to have them come in. Um, And a lot of our patients, we we have have some regulars. uh, And part of the reason why they're regulars, I think, is because they feel comfortable and safe uh, because they get an overall um, level of care from all of these different services that we have for them. And so uh, it's kind of, again, a, it's a medical home in, in many ways for them. And so, so yeah, it's 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 nice in that way to be able to meet patients where they're at.
0: What do you think could make it even better? When we think about the idea of incorporating all these services in one place, is there something else that you think moving forward, should there ever be a possibility? What would be the next step? I mean, I think... For, for my practice, boy, it would be great to have that on-site behavioral health specialist who would be able to handle some of these needs. And we've tried, and I certainly know that there's been a variety of efforts, and some clinics do have this available, But you said there's a shortage. It's hard to Mm. find people who are willing and or able to take the time to do something like this with this intermittent schedule difficulties of come, stop what you're doing, spend 5, 10, 15 Mm. minutes here, and then go back. And how do you schedule such a thing? So I know that there's a lot of difficulties with it, but I can see the definite value and the ability of patients to do well when you say to them, I have it right here. Would you like to talk right now? Capturing Mm. that teachable moment. What else do you think would make the ability to do that even more valuable?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, um, I think as you're mentioning, the the obvious one is the availability of BH provider, behavioral health providers. Um, you know, that's that's the challenge. People are often surprised when I tell them we have six psychologists and one LCSW. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe you have that many providers. Well, um, I think part of it comes down to you know, having those type of providers who are dedicated to, to serving the community that they've grown up in, perhaps as part of it. Um, you know, the the other part of it is, um, you know, as you were saying earlier, uh, helping your community, um, getting back to that. Um, and so, you know, that's that's. I think it's just going to be an ongoing challenge. So being able to find ways to uh, further recruit um, and getting a bigger workforce of behavioral health providers to to serve um, this this generation and, and the future generations that we're trying to help. Um.
0: It's a big struggle across all mm-hmm. different facets mm-hmm. of the medical profession, I know, coming mm-hmm. from, you know, people answering the phones to medical assistants to nurses' aides to nurses to APRNs to psychologists to LCSWs. I mean, I can't think of one area where we couldn't have more people enter the profession and look at ways in which we can combine efforts and kind of find a way that we have to accomplish more work mm-hmm. with fewer people. It sounds like <laughs> an impossible task. It's right, but it's it's the challenge that we have yeah. at our current at our situation yeah. right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think um, your job as a primary care providers gotten a lot harder over there is with having to cover all those systems. And I think that's where it's kind of created that space and that need for behavioral health to be a component of that. And so we, you know, in knowing and understanding that um, and understanding the connection between body and mind, um, being able to come together and connect on that level. Um, And so it's a wonderful thing when you can get a multidisciplinary team together to address all of the different factors that's affecting a person's health. Yeah, we we see definitely more positive outcomes and um, definitely more successful success stories.
0: Um. All right. I'm going to talk about more of those success stories in just a few moments. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Join me as we continue our conversation with Dr. Conrad Moreno from Waikiki Health, Director of Behavioral Health. And as we come back, we're going to hear about more successes and what else we could all do to address some of the needs that are going on with our local communities. We'll be right back. (music) You're not going to be able to do that. to do that. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. I'm here with Dr. Conrad Moreno from Waikiki Health. He's the Director of Behavioral Health Services and a clinical psychologist. And we're talking today about what are some of the benefits of the comprehensive healthcare model that includes not just physical health, but also psychological well-being and mental health as well. And before the break, we are talking a little bit about how to collaborate in this team-based approach. And I'm I'm curious because you know a lot of people may not know if there is a community health center nearby them or available to them. So how would somebody, maybe a listener, know what the local community health location is near them? Is there a resource where they can find that out?
1: Yes. So they could look up as far as it could put. Online and go to community, type in community health centers Hawaii and actually see a listing of the closest ones to them. So, we have um, different community health centers that are actually designated for different parts of the island. Um, and so, we ourselves have several clinics. Um, one is in Waikiki, of course, another one in Makihiki. Uh, we provide medical, behavioral health, and dental services, as well as the social support services that go along with those things. Um, and, so, and we also have our Path Clinic, uh, which is near um, our community, community, Populani Community College is near there. It's part of Salvation Army, we collaborate with them in helping uh, women who are pregnant and also maybe dealing with some kind of chemical dependence. Um, and so we have, uh, uh, we have OBGYNs as well as LCSW there and providing services um, for those, um, with as well as tobacco cessation. Um, and so so yeah, and we also have our youth outreach, which is also Waikiki where we serve um, children, um, children who are dealing with difficulties at home, um, runaways, um, challenges that have definitely increased with the impact of COVID um, that we've re- we've been seeing uh, with the need to be perhaps in a home that's less healthy for them.
0: With all the great work that's being done at the community health centers, how can people help support them? I often, wonder with the levels of, of need that are out there in the community, are there things that people can do to help to keep the level of services there as robust as it is? I mean, I just think that there's really been a lot of effort and initiative in trying to create these hubs of care mm-hmm. that incorporate primary care and, and also include social services and some of the behavioral health needs that are out there. Well, how can other people support that?
1: Well, they could support it if they want to actually become um, a recipient of healthcare. That's one way. Uh, and you,
0: insurance is insurance, allowed when you yeah, go to those locations. Absolutely. Um,
1: you know, we, we take um, uninsured. Um, you know, our mission is to provide a comprehensive health, um, regardless of the ability to pay or afford um, our services. We will continue to. I mean, that's what we're here there for as a community is to serve them in any way possible.
0: So if you have insurance, you can go to a community health center. If you don't have insurance, you can. But those services are definitely available. Yes, yes,
1: definitely. And then also, you know, they can, if they want, they can um, also contribute. If they, um, they can always contact our main line, our nine two two four seven eight seven. They can always, you know, make a contribution.
0: are there volunteer opportunities for people who might say, I really want to be a part of this, I'm not trained as a behaviorist or as a provider, but what can I do to help?
1: Yes, yeah, so they are definitely welcome to give give our main line a call, and uh, depending on what we might need at that time, we can identify something for them if they're wanting to and somehow be a volunteer. Um, yes. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're always looking for uh, people to support us in that way, um, whether it be volunteering, or even, again, if they want to donate in any way, that is definitely greatly appreciated. In fact, a lot of um, our support is through uh, generous contributions to, from different organizations or even individuals themselves, um, um, where you know we've been lucky enough to have that level of care and support from the community.
0: Well, I often feel like one of the ways that people can feel better themselves Mm -hmm. is by doing something to reach out to help someone else there's this altruistic benefit that people get this sense of well-being that they happen to get when they help somebody else who needs something and that that full complete turnaround tends to make people really want to continue to help out but also feel so good about what they've been able to do
1: yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, and, you know, as we were talking about when we first started, it's about connecting. Uh, and so, connecting with others allows us to feel more connected with ourselves. Um, and oftentimes, we may, especially with COVID and everything else, and there's been a distance that's been created uh, within ourselves and with our own community. And so, um, connecting with your community health center is one way to, uh, whether it be volunteering or whether it be contributing um, through donations. Uh, whatever it might be, um, definitely we're open.
0: Or even being a patient and saying, hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna receive my care there because that's where I want to have this have this experience. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. something that is a need. Now, if people wanted to find out more, you said they could call a main line, they could mm-hmm. go to, they could look up on a website. Mm-hmm.
1: WaikikiHealth.org, or again, they could go out, call our main line. Um, they, as far as getting more information, uh, as far as volunteer opportunities or ways to contribute, um, yes.
0: Or schedule appointments.
1: Schedule an appointment, absolutely. Uh, we are open for uh, to provide that care that patients, people might need, whether it be medical or social services, dental. Uh, we are here for them.
0: Well, it certainly sounds like it's comprehensive care. It's integrated, combining not just the medical needs, but the psychological, emotional needs, even going as far as the dental needs, which is a whole nother area we would have to talk about <laughs> a whole nother time. I really want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. Thank you. That's Dr. Conrad Moreno. He is Waikiki Health Director of Behavioral Health Services and a clinical psychologist. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can always click on hawaiipublicradio.org And follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about ways to stay not just physically, but psychologically well right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then.